This is the Yahoo Finance Podcast. Thank you for listening. Yahoo Finance brought together some of the best minds in business for the All Market Summit held at the Oath Times Square office in New York City and via global live stream. This marquee event explored new challenges presented by the rapidly changing global economy. The following is a live panel from that day. Enjoy. This is the legendary investor Mario Gabelli, um, who's got one of the most interesting minds on Wall Street. And we've been talking for too many decades to count at this point, but I always enjoy our conversations. Delighted to be here to talk about uh, the, the kind of a vanishing breed, bottoms up sell site analysts. That's him right here, yeah. And as you'll hear, he's not exactly the shy and retiring type, so speaks his mind. So we always really appreciate that as well. I have tenure. Yeah, right, exactly. He cannot be fired at this point? Yes. Like that. All right, so, um, you know, I know you as a media investor, but you invest in different sectors. We'll get to that. But let's, let's talk a little bit about media right away, because my understanding is that you're putting your money down where the 80 million millennials um, are, are playing right now. You're sort of delving into that world in terms of content. Well, when what you're is looking your at demographic changes, you've got Gen Z, which is more important than millennials. Millennials are, you know, in the next 10 years, they're They're less. toast? Sorry. It is what it is. Uh, but think about the global marketplace. First of all, we own shares in Samsung Electronics. That was just here, Tim Baxter. We own shares in NASDAQ. So sure. thank you, and you better make us money. Uh, in addition <laughs> to that, uh, content, by the way, you all should own them. And content and connectivity on a global basis. If we were sitting here, if we were sitting here in 1955, there was two and a half billion people. Today, there's seven and a half billion. Everyone has, uh, I forget the number, four billion phones that are also television sets. So you're walking around. The second part is that we've lost attention. Ten minutes at most, a podcast or a uh, short video. How do you take Game of Thrones and chop it up into ten second, ten minute intervals? And that's a challenge. You've got to create a story. You've got to do it. So we follow the content companies. But content talks more than that, Andy. It talks about live entertainment. So Justin Bieber, Beyonce, those are individuals you have to follow. Country and Western Union, uh, Christian contemporary. You've got to follow music around the world and all the genres. So that's what we do. And uh, uh, Bollywood, Bollywood is a place that we look for in terms of content. We look for Hollywood as well. And uh, we like the companies that own it. All right, so you're talking Bieber, Bollywood, phones. We've got a lot of different things going on here. How, how do we specifically play those? Do you like Justin Bieber, by the way? Well, let's do it again. Right. Make it simple. How do you play live entertainment? Right now, the LA Dodgers are playing the Houston Astros. Correct. Why don't you buy a baseball team? I can sell you a baseball team by a group that understands how to make money for their shareholders. So you could buy the Atlanta Braves, the stock's 24, there's 58 million shares, that's $1.5 billion, you get the land, you get the stadium, a little contract, and Jared Jeter just paid $1.3 or $4 billion for the Marlins. So buy for yourself a baseball team by buying a piece of it. We are near the Hudson Yards, one of the hottest spots in the world. Madison Square Garden, you can buy the, the Knicks, and they are going to have a little challenge this year again, but you can buy MSG at $210 a share. They've got 24 million shares at 4.8 billion, a billion for cash, and you get the Knicks for free based on the valuations. What's so complicated about that if you want to be a long-term holder and a buyer of what the millennials and the Gen Zs like, e-gaming, e-sports? And what about music? Live Nation? 
Well, music is something different because the, the Pandoras and the Spotify's are all starting to pay for content in some way. And somewhere they're going to rationalize how they get paid in a bit more economic way. And uh, so you want to buy the companies that have the, the library, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And that would be a Vivendi which, uh, and uh, Sony as well. So we like Sony for a lot of reasons, artificial intelligence, robots, uh, virtual reality, but also their content. So, and, and you know, I've known you as sort of a longtime shareholder of these real traditional uh, bread and butter media companies uh, in the United States. Are you still playing there? The you know, the Time Warners and the yeah, Viacoms. Andy, we, we, we don't, we love companies when we don't leave them. We love the ignored and the unloved. Mm. Viacom today is located a few blocks from here, it's headquarters, uh, right on Broadway, and uh, the stock is selling at $26. You multiply that by 400 million shares, that's $10.5 billion market cap, and they got $10.5 billion of debt, $21 billion. That is a bargain. And the new, uh, Bob Backus just came on as the CEO in January, and he's got a long runway. Now, if I were him, I would take my non-US contents, uh, Argentina, England, India, and others, and put them in a package and sell a percentage to accelerate my debt reduction. And then I would sit back and say, okay, SpongeBob, go for it. SpongeBob, all right, but wait a minute. I mean, is he gonna be able to do that, given the family, the Redstone family controlling it? Sumner has well, been hanging Sh in there Shumer and all is, that. Sumner is a great individual, great entrepreneur, one of the great entrepreneurs in American history, like Rupert, uh, like Rupert Murdoch and John Malone and the, you know, all of the families that have been in this business, like the Roberts and so on. I don't want to ignore anyone. And essentially, I would say that he probably has another year of work in progress. Nothing happens like that. You've you know, had a company that was missing some of the opportunities. Buy the stock at $26. Got it. You heard it here. No, you didn't, but any event. Okay. Um, so, you know, we've watched this content and distribution being put together, taken apart, put together, taken apart. I mean, where are we now with this whole thing? Well, my own reaction is following, you know, we're going to go to 5G, we're going to have more availability of doing uh, dynamics in the world. Verizon uh, will be one of the leaders in that. They're trying to buy, uh, what well, I don't want to get into that one. They're trying to buy XYZ Spectrum. So I want to own Spectrum and I want to do it globally. So what are the wireless companies that I want to own on a global basis? Which ones are the cable operators? Because I need data and I want to make sure I have data uninterrupted. So we're buying companies like Millicom, which is located in Latin America, and 100 million shares. The stock is selling at $60, 6 billion to 4 billion of debt. And 38% of it is owned by a company in Stockholm. Unlike the US tax code, which is, needs a lot of help, they can sell the company if they own over 10% not pay any tax. And that's terrific for capitalism because you can move assets around. All right, so it sounds like you're doing both content and distribution basically. Uh, you're looking at the whole ecosystem. I have a simple concept, what one of my colleagues, Chris Moranji came up with. Whatever you see on any device, anywhere in the world, at any time, we follow it both from a content and a creativity. So Walking Dead, your favorite. I know some of those people. Adena almost said that about cell site analysis and active managers. <laughs> nice. I agree. He's now she was talking week. about me. Right. Oh. Um, so I'll translate that later. I'm looking in your bag here. What's in Mario's bag? What's in the um, bag is a, a uh, I wrote, we wrote a book on uh, arbitrage, and we have it in Chinese and Japanese. And I will tell you that uh, uh, 
you know. I didn't know he was coming up here to sell this. I'm not this selling Chinese books. I proofread it. Okay. Oh, nice. All right, so no, you, you I, talked uh, about being an active investor and doing bottoms-up research, and, and you're right that there is less of that being done. I mean, does that, and, and we all know that passive investing is all the vogue now. Does that make your job easier or harder? What's it like to be an active investor doing bottoms-up research now? You know, this is a play that we've been there. 1972-3, we had an economic dynamic in the United States, and the big banks were losing money to uh, investment managers, and they decided to buy growth at any price. So they loaded portfolios up with Polaroid, Xerox, and so Avon. And then in the 1987, everybody's talking about the great correction of 1987. It was because somebody was buying portfolio insurance. In 1999, it was TMT, telecom media and telecommunications. So you go through these cycles, and today Larry Fink is the best at lobbying. They have an unfair tax advantage in ETFs versus the mutual funds. And that has to be leveled. And there are other dynamics. But the answer is it's a great way to own a piece of America. Buy an ETF, buy a stock, get started, and start thinking about how a company works and how it works and how you make money doing that over an extended period of time for your retirement, for your endowment at your college, for uh, your union account. And that's what I get a little annoyed about, among other things. What does corporate tax reduction mean for shareholders? Why is it good? Because most union guys are in a pension plan. If you're in Connecticut or Illinois, you need an unfunded pension plan, and the equities that they own will go up, and that helps everyone. Okay. Um, so a lot of people here have been talking about whether or not the market's overvalued. And again, maybe being a, you know, someone who just does bottoms-up research, you don't look at that so much. But I'm going to ask you anyway. Is the market overvalued? Are stocks too pricey right now? Listen, we had 18 years of misgovernment in this country. We went from zero debt to $20 trillion. The economy's $20 trillion. We lose $500 billion a year deficit. As a percentage of GDP, it's low. Lowest that it's been, Randy. But in addition to that, we have $500 billion of trade deficit a year. Something has to change. Bob Dylan, Bob Dylan got a Nobel Prize for saying times they are changing. So we have a risk today in the way this administration works. Uh, however, the risk is worth taking because if we don't restore the free market system and the rule of meritocracy and the rule of law and have it unfettered, we have a problem over the next 10 or 20 years. We've got to change, and this is a risk we're taking, and uh, the process is kind of bumpy. But so the stock market, right. is the last 12 months have gone up sharply in part because they realized that someone in administration was not going to step on business. They were going to make business a little more open. Secondly, the economy is improving, but guys like me that run businesses, we're not spending money because we're waiting to see what the rules are. And so there's a hesitation. Notwithstanding that, housing is terrific. Uh, military is going to improve. Uh, there are other industry sectors like pet parents, organic natural, RWA, uh, raised without antibiotic. There's a lot of things to make money on. So the market itself, uh, We've made money in bad markets, good markets. There's always an opportunity. So what, what needs to be done in this country then, in Washington, and then do you think this administration is going to get it done? <laughs> Work in progress. And uh, basically, it is not exactly what Xi and China is going to be doing in the next five years now that he anointed himself as the Mao successor, the Mao successor. You're not doing what you have in uh, Putin. We still have a democracy. You've got to give, and the tweeting is not necessarily the way to do it. I don't like the tactics that we're using, but I do like the approach. 
And for example, if I'm uh, competing globally, I have global taxation in the United States, and that causes things to be done that shouldn't be done. You need to go territorial, and I won't get into that, but a lot of changes in the tax rules. And then some regulation. You had an individual on here at NASDAQ. She basically laid it out. Somebody asked the question, why are companies not going public? Well, they won't go public because they're concerned about Sarbanes-Oxley. It's a rule that has cost us millions of dollars that is totally unnecessary. And somebody's got to wake up and say, how do Jay Clayton at the SEC is going to have to come in and say, look, how do we get more companies to go public? Yeah, the private equity guys are always there. The venture capital guys are always there. But they've always been there. But what is the handcuff on companies saying, let's do it? Isn't the problem with regulation, though, that we're always regulating the last crisis and you Absolutely. put all these little micro rules? On. So what kind of regulation is best for the financial markets? I mean, how do you, how do you regulate the financial markets? Well, I America? think they've done a pretty good job for the moment in dealing with the issues of uh, the banks becoming non-banks. Okay, well, when the CEO of a bank says, I'm gonna dance until it can, the music continues playing and it gets to 35 times leverage, you know, <laughs> there's a, you know, and then the free market took care of it. Lehman's gone, Bear Stearns is gone, some of the banks are gone, and the strength of the American banks is terrific today, but they need an electronic fence. Even Adam Smith and came up with the idea in the Wealth of Nations, and it's been the best way of allocating capital in the history of mankind, said you need a sheriff, and you need that sheriff to be strong in an electronic fence around corporations. But you're right, no matter what the rules are, they're looking at the past. Right, and people are looking forward and finding new ways to get around those things, right? Always. Right, so Gamco, $40 billion? No, we are an equity manager. We're specialists, like the hospitals for special surgery. If you need an elbow, you go to the hospital for special surgery, you don't go to some GP. We are basically equity people, we're not wealth advisors. Okay. So we just want to help you own a piece of a business by buying a company that we like the CEO of, and there's America, and the world is blessed with very good CEOs that come to work every day, try to grow values, cut costs, and run the business. On the other side of the coin, uh, that's what we do, and we're, un unfortunately, our chairman took us public in 1999 through Merrill Lynch, Smith Barney. Yeah, okay, but it's been a pretty good run, right? It has, I could hire 20 analysts for what it cost me for, for compliance with Sarbanes-Oxley and, and all these regulations. That doesn't make sense. And since I own 98% of the vote, and I was the chairman. I know, that's right, he was the guy. So you started the business, what, 41 years ago? I started as a sell-side analyst, come out of graduate school. I grew up in the Bronx between Wall Street and Greenwich. I've never lived anywhere, and Connecticut, I mean. And uh, I uh, basically started, the day I started, Andy, I covered autos, farm equipment, and conglomerates, and then I picked up the media and entertainment business in the late 60s. So I knew a lot about a little, now I know a little about a lot. And we've added things over the years, like uh, uh, artificial intelligence, pet parents uh, have been something we're focusing on. There are 93 million cats, 88 million dogs in the United States. And uh, how does that ecosystem grow? And there are a lot of ways to make money in that. So there's a lot of little niches that individuals don't think about. Yeah, like auto parts. I didn't know you had an auto parts conference in Las Vegas. 41 are we years. Invited? Can these people come? Yes. That sounds like fun. Yes. What is it like? What do you do there? We have, an industry has their own conference of everyone that comes in and all of the vendors and the distributors. So they may have 120,000 come in and stay at the Sands and the convention centers and so on. We are able to get industry specialists and get companies. So last year we had 
uh, the notion of uh, the autonomous vehicles, self-driving cars, self-driving trucks, electri ele the electric car, the electric vehicles. So we have the vendors that come in and talk about how you get into that vehicle and how do you make money. And then we try to figure out how to make money do with those companies. See, I always thought you were a media guy, as I said, and you, you know all this about auto parts and different businesses as well besides that? Yeah, I have a problem. I do drive cars. I have a problem, however, eating organic uh, dog food. So I don't do everything, but I do do whatever. What, the, other pro, the other virtue we have is that we follow uh, whatever you drink anywhere in the world. So one of my challenges is to go around to you know, test the new version of Jameson whiskey and uh, so on. Uh, so we have analysts that do that. Yeah, I was going to say, are there any openings? Uh, well, we also, for example, natural and organic. I, I was in a supermarket recently uh, about a year and a quarter ago, and I saw them bring in truckloads, pallets of LaCroix, sparkling mm. natural oh, water. It's a local favorite here. And people carted them out. So we went to Boca Raton, found a company called National Beverage. They sold it. The stock has gone from 48 to 80, 90, or 120 is back to 90. And the guy that runs it is 80 years old. He's brilliant. But wait, so I'm, I'm trying to figure this out, Mario. And like I said, I've known you for a while. But what's the common theme, the common denominator? Here? It's very simple. Okay, tell us. We work from 5 to 9 in the morning to 9 at night. And we come in every day on a global basis. After the Berlin Wall came down in November of 89, we started doing things globally. You have to make money for the client. And you do that by staying focused with intensity and passion on the process of stocks, businesses, understand the business, understand the companies, and figure out how much is the stock discounted. So from my point of view, if everyone that's listening, if you want to buy an ETF, you're going to make, in my judgment, 7 to 9% with some fairly interesting uh, bumps uh, over the next 10 years. That's not bad. And over the next 40 years, uh, that's quite good, because the, if you took the world of stocks from 1928, when I have numbers from Ibbotson at Chicago, you only made like 10%. Uh, but if you started back in 1790, you probably only made 6%. So if we can make seven to nine, it's pretty good. And inflation picks up. Andy, we want to have companies with pricing power. So an analyst can walk in your office and say, Mary, I've got the, this stock or these stocks. Here's my model. And what do you think? There's a lot more than that. You okay. know, kind of the model is about 12 pages of data that we gather. We gather data, array the data, project it, interpret it, and then they've got to communicate it. So it's not complicated. It's just then that we have to, uh, you know, white knuckle them because it's our moral obligation to do the best for our clients. And we make so many mistakes, Andy. So you had a book that you put out, what, 18 years ago? Deals, deals, deals. And more deals. And more deals, 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 and more deals. And you're now updating it? Why are well, you doing we're that? doing it. Uh, that was the deal we did, uh, book we did. We put it into Japanese first, Chinese second, Italian third, and, and obviously it's been in English. What we're doing is we're interviewing individuals that are uh, arbitrageurs, that is, they buy and sell a company, but also activists. And, you know, they uh, give you an insight into the history. I strongly urge anyone listening now that they should help their family maintain wealth and grow it by understanding the whole world of arbitrage. It's so simple. In addition to that, we have CEOs that were attacked by activists. We have uh, individuals as to how they handle these organizations. That's kind of intriguing. And uh, we're doing it uh, with a gifted uh, assistance from uh, somebody I met at Barron's years and years and years ago. 
Last question. You have devoted um, your philanthropic efforts to higher education. You've supported a whole number of colleges and universities. Also Why is that high important? schools and, and also school. undergraduate and some Why grammar Why are you saving the SEALs instead? I do save the Navy SEALs, and we obviously are very interested in the Wounded Warriors, but in the, in the sense of uh, looking at uh, education, if you believe in America, okay, my grandfather was, died in a coal mine in western Pennsylvania. My father came back, started a union in New York, was a charter member, and uh, when I graduated from business school, I had owed some money. So, like, today it's the student debt is one of our real problems in this country. But independent of that, I got scholarships for high school, college, graduate school, and other things. And so I want to get back. And what are the three elements that have made America what it is? The rule of law with all of its problems, merit, uh, the free market with all its problems, and meritocracy. And what is the driver and the underpinning of meritocracy is education. So we have to educate the young and re-educate the old and we've got to figure out ways to make them do it without the student debt that is a burden to everyone. And so that's why I don't mind giving back. And my daughter runs our foundation, and she's in charge of that. And she shares the same passion. Passion it is. He has a beautiful mind. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Mario Gabelli. Thank you again for listening to the Yahoo Finance Podcast. Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your podcasts.